Welcome to today's uh, podcast, Risk Management in the Physical Supply Chain. Is your firm ready for the risk? We live in a rapidly evolving world. Once upon a time, it was enough to drive stability into our supply chain operations, but that's no longer enough. Lead times have compressed, complexity across trading partners has grown, and supply chain relationships have moved to truly global communities. Every supply chain leader now lives in a sea of unknowns. Supply chain risk management is the art and science of anticipating the future and responding to potential events before they happen. Risks are everywhere in the physical supply chain, so how do we rack and stack our risk in the multifaceted world of today's supply chain? And just how should we approach the challenge of supply chain risk management in the complexity of the current environment? I'm Greg Radner, Chief Marketing Officer at Rain, and I'm sitting down today with Steve Geary, President of Supply Chain Visions. Steve recently was the keynote speaker at a risk management symposium hosted by the Council of Supply Chain Management and teaches supply chain risk at the University of Tennessee, Tufts University, and the Veterans Affairs Acquisition Academy. Steve is a regular contributor to Supply Chain Quarterly and DC Velocity Magazine and has published articles across the business spectrum, including the Harvard Business Review. Founded in 2002 and headquartered in Greater Boston, SCV is a boutique advisory firm that focuses on hiring the best experts across industries to aid clients in reducing risk and increasing performance across their operations. SCV provides research, analysis, and consulting services around the world with ongoing engagements in Europe, Africa, Asia, South America, the Pacific Rim, Southwest Asia, and within the United States. Steve, thanks for joining us today. Good afternoon. Happy to be here. I'm really excited to dive into this. There's been a lot of focus on risk management centered around, you know, finance. You read everything every day about cybersecurity, something else in that area over the last several years. Um, But how is supply chain risk different than that in today's environment? Well, what supply chain professionals have to get their arms around now is that it's a broader playing field. Once upon a time, it was enough to think about the financial risks and perhaps delve into the operational risks associated with, say, cyber. And if you had those bases covered, you were pretty solid. But the world is moving quickly now. So the strategic risks, for example, how do you hedge your bets when nobody knows what's going to happen with China, in Asia, in Europe? Nobody knows. So there are strategic risks coming over the horizon in addition to the traditional operational risks, in addition to um, the risks that are now emerging with global warming. That has a port impact. If you're not thinking about how to hedge on that, you're, you're missing things. So how about some examples of the importance of supply chain risk management from maybe some clients that you've worked with, not giving any names, sure. but just talking about those engagements. Uh, maybe some recent examples to really illustrate what we're talking about. So uh, let's ponder here for a minute. A great example, um, and we actually have some current discussions going on, is there is tremendous dislocation recently between South Korea and Japan. Um, And that has a a large ripple effect globally. And there are a number of customers that are caught in the middle of that, um, whether they are in South Korea or whether they are, in fact, in Japan, or whether they are trading partners located somewhere here in North America. Um, If you look at the flow in the supply chain associated with consumer electronics, as an example, um, there are all sorts of things that are moving back and forth among all of those locations. Um, And if you're not risk managing your portfolio to hedge on that, um, you you can end up in enormous trouble. 
So are there exa some examples of firms that are dealing with uh, effects of uh, poorly managed supply chain risk? So maybe some examples of where they're where they've uh, not prepared very well or not reacted very well. Um, I would, um, people may throw stones at me for saying this, um, but I would suggest that uh, the uh, handheld devices with the implications of Huawei and how that is blowing up now, mm -hmm. um, there are all sorts of people that have laid down bets on the implications of 5G technology and now suddenly no one knows where it's going and nobody knows who the player is going to be. It all depends on where you are geographically. Um, and th those are great examples of you need to think about what may be coming over the horizon, not what is coming over the horizon. It isn't the art of the known, it's the art of the unknown. We, we worked with a very intelligent man once in the United States government, and he classified it into the known knowns, the known unknowns, and the unknown unknowns. I think I know who you're talking yeah. about, yes. And the unknown unknowns is what will get you every time. Sure. And if you're risk managing, you can't simply focus on what you know about. You have to anticipate and manage a portfolio with the idea that perhaps the unknown unknowns are out there. So for instance, uh, over the course of the past 30 years, um, people have constructed their supply chains to be global. And they want them to be global and international trade has just mushroomed. And people ended up with all sorts of international sole sources or dual sources. But now in the increased uncertainty of the current environment, what's the appropriate answer? Do we want to reshore? Do we want to bring it back home? Do we want to nearshore? Maybe bring it down to Mexico? But boy, there's been uncertainty going on with Mexico. There's been uncertainty going on with, with Canada. Sure. And so what you have to do is you have to hedge your bets in your supply chain strategy. How do you bring together all of these different facets? It may not be the low-cost solution in theory, but if you risk adjust it, it surely is. So let's talk a little bit about how you go about hedging that and, and how you guide some of your clients into, uh, do they have alternate plans in place? Do they uh, just have those plans sitting on a shelf ready to go? Or do they actually have them you know, in process already? Well, the first thing that we advise them to do and we work with them on is actually map their supply chain. Most people don't know what's going on in their supply chain beyond their tier one suppliers. Who's supplying the tier one suppliers? Who's supplying the tier two suppliers? You may wake up and find that um, you're a golf club manufacturer and suddenly you find that you rely on metals that are coming from rare earth metals that are coming from China. You've got a problem. Mm -hmm. um, but you only know that if you peel it back. Um, so the first place to begin, map your supply chains. Once you have, and this is not a cumbersome exercise. It's a morning with a whiteboard. You, you walk down the major paths, you understand where things are going from, and as a starting point, you simply eyeball it. And generally, it will jump out at you on where the risks are in there. And often, you're collaborating down through the supply chain. It's a network that you have, not a supplier. You are renting your supplier's network. You are not buying your supplier's parts. 
and understanding the physical network as opposed to the IT network. Everybody likes to talk about IT networks, but there is a physical network out there and it is really important to understand the physical network, the logical network, in addition to the IT network. Sure, understanding your suppliers, but then their suppliers. Exactly. And so on and so forth. Right. Right. Because there could be a weak link along that path that ends up going upstream to you. Exactly. You're exposed. Yeah. Uh, And so are there, seems like you've got to be prepared for the winds to change a bit. You could be all set. You could look at that map and say, we're good in the current environment. We feel like we've hedged. We feel like we've got protections. But the winds change a bit, and you have to be responsive and react. The word that we like to use with folks is agile. They need to be very agile. Um, The days of, I'm an old guy. You can look at me and see the gray hair or the lack thereof. Um, And I remember the days when I thought quick turn in the supply chain Um, boy, we thought we were doing a favor for a customer if we were able to turn something in a quarter. That's 13 weeks. Mm -hmm. And that was fast. And we were fast. And these days, it's days. You you can order a custom computer from Dell and you have it delivered to your home sometimes in as as little as a week. Um, That's just extraordinary. And so you have to be able to create the agility in your supply chain so that you can respond that quickly, so that you can bring in partners quickly, so that you can um, not just anticipate, but once it happens, react to it. You can't lay down bets on everything on the roulette wheel, but you have to be prepared to react quickly to any number that comes up. So it comes back to agility. And so to be that agile and responsive, other certain technologies that are deployed in this space? I mean, how, how did you say It isn't a technology way? play, it is a logical play. Okay. Um, and we are, we are adamant in that. Um, technology is a subset. Sub, uh, technology to us is a, uh, an implementation layer and it's operational and it's important, but you have to lay in the governing strategy over the top, covering the, the strategic, the operational, the, the physical, the financial, bringing all of those threads together, and then that has certainly, it has implications for the what kind of IT that you want to build. Um, but you've got to begin with the logical business structure before you get into things like cyber. Yeah. Cyber is important, but it's a supporting layer. It's not the driving layer. Sure. So let's, so let's back up a second. Uh, we're talking about being agile. What are some of the trends in supply chain management now and risk that you have to be agile about. You had mentioned a couple of them, China being able to respond to things going on in the geopolitical world. What other things are causing people to need to be agile? Well, uh, what other things? All you have to do is is look around the world. Uh, uh, The the antics that Russia is up to is causing ripples throughout the supply chain. What are they going to be doing with energy in Europe and what are the implications for us? Which then ripples through to Europe, Europe all uh, on its own, Brexit, what's going to happen there? Uh, Gee whiz, Um, we've got uh, current uncertainty going on in South America. Um, Where actually are things going to go with uh, Venezuela? Um, that That has certain implications. Uh, certainly on the energy front, um, which will then ripple over the Caribbean because they're inextricably linked to Cuba. So this starts to speak to the whole interrelated issue of risk management. It doesn't take long 
to peel back any one of these global issues, and then you can bring it down to an operational layer. Um, here, you and I sit in, um, in Boston, Massachusetts, and there is um, a historic sign here in town, the Sitco sign. Sure. Most people are not familiar with the fact that Sitco is Venezuelan. Right. Um, and so everywhere you look, all you have to do is peel back the covers and you will find uh, an international implication. Sure. So seems like there's lots that uh, a supply chain uh, manager would have to be worried about. I mean, what, what can a company do to protect themselves from that kind of risk? Hedge. Hedge. You, um, what you can't put, um, as my mother used to say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, and that is not necessarily the most cost-effective solution, um, but it is the logical solution when you're in a time of uncertainty, you don't place all your bets on double zero. Um, you need to spread them around so that uh, no matter what the future brings to you, you can in fact respond, you can in fact deliver. So that's, you know, in, in the China example where some uh, manufacturers or those who have supply chain providers, suppliers in China are looking at other areas like Vietnam and exactly. other places. Exactly. Yeah. And you look to dual sourcing. I mean, from my own history, um, we, um, when I was inside the supply chain, uh, working here in New England, we had a manufacturing facility just in New Hampshire, just north of here. And we were facing competitive pressures. Um, and so we elected to take some of our older technology and we just had to get it out of the Northeast. The labor costs here were, were too expensive. And so we started looking at the portfolio. How do we want to construct our supply chain to get costs out? And we found a, uh, a wonderful place. Um, everyone there spoke English. It was not difficult to hire people with a high school education. Um, it was a British protectorate. It was lovely, and they, the government was very cooperative and very supportive, and they were prepared to help us establish something on that island. And, and we did our due diligence. We checked into all of this, and, and we, we had our checklists, and we went down, and we did our checking, and it looked wonderful. There was just one oddity about this island that we never asked about um, because most of us, if you go to the Caribbean, we're used to these beautiful white sand beaches. Sure. This island had an oddity. It had black sand beaches, and we never thought to ask, why was the sand black? It was lava. Hmm. This island, unlike other islands, was an old volcano. It had been dormant for centuries. We never picked up on that. We moved in with one-of-a-kind equipment, and the volcano woke up. Oh, it was the island of Montserrat. Okay. Um, and two-thirds of the island is still not occupied by people because of the, uh, the volcano, yeah. which still rumbles from time to time. Wow. Terrible disaster. I mean, it's the unknown unknowns, going right. back to the earlier phrase, the unknown unknowns that'll get you. Right. Well, you think about um, supply chain risk, we tend to think about it as an operational risk, but it's really a P&L issue. Absolutely. So maybe you talk a little bit about that. Well, if you think about uh, managing risk, um, if you start hedging your bets and spreading things around, there are all sorts of cost implications that will bleed into your P&L. Um, you may be paying more for components because you're no longer selecting based on low cost, you're selecting based on best value and included in the best value discussion 
is analysis of a bit of, of minimizing risk, that costs money. That'll bleed in in your piece parts. You may start seeing applications on uh, tariffs. You're paying more for the parts because you have to pay the taxes. You have more complexity in your supply chain because you have multiple sources for something. It may bleed in costs, so you will no longer be as inexpensive as you were, but you may be delivering a better value. And the art form is figuring out how to package that bundled value because if I am sourcing from a supplier or a supplier's network, I am far more interested in a supplier that has hedged bets so that I know that I have certain supply no matter what happens. If the curtain goes up somewhere and things get weird, do you have alternatives available to me? Um, it's, it's like when you go to a grocery store. I don't like shopping at small grocery stores because I don't have alternatives. I like to be able to walk down the aisles and make choices. And it's the same thing when I'm selecting and managing against risk in the supply chain. Any supplier who comes to me and brings a portfolio, a selection of alternatives so that we have agility moving forward, that is inherently a better supplier that's bringing me a low-cost, technically acceptable solution because then I'm placing all my bets on double zero. Okay, so a P&L issue, operational issue, strategic issue. What are some of the other benefits for becoming more resilient in your supply chain? The, um, it inherently drives you to cross-train your people because the agility just doesn't come from the supply chain. The agility comes from your organization. So as you start driving for agility across the supply chain, it inherently turns you into uh, a more agile staff and a more agile organization because now you're challenged to keep up with your trading partners who have become more agile. Uh, and so it becomes a virtuous cycle. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy um, and uh, it's a grand thing. The, the term agile is great because it crosses over to the, the tech side. Now everybody used to be doing these waterfall releases every quarter, um, and now everybody's moved to agile development, so it's every two weeks. Right. Do, do a release, a new re code release every two weeks. Uh, so this pace of change and agility has increased. Like you said, it used to be, you thought you were fast after a quarter, right. <laughs> but getting something done in a quarter, now it's a couple weeks. Exactly. Or less. <laughs> exactly, you have to be nimble, you have to be able to move. Um, and and I mean, as our as our business has evolved over time, we started out 15 years ago, which seems like a lifetime, and we were certainly we weren't just North American; we were U.S. That's what we did, um, and um, we just had a team land back a week ago that had spent several weeks in Botswana, um, because hey, they're part of the the, the supply chain as well. Uh, and there were some linkages there, and, and I mean, we've now had the opportunity, we've probably worked in 30 countries. Uh, the only continent we have, oh, there are two continents we haven't covered. Still haven't figured out what the play is in Antarctica, um, and um, Australia is just too darn far. Um, but we've, we've worked everywhere else because it is a global supply chain, and there's risks everywhere. Sure. Okay, so my final question to you on today's podcast is, based on your experience in this area, what is the single 
biggest lesson, most valuable lesson uh, for the for our audience that you you leave with our for our audience today? Be flexible. Be adaptable. Be nimble. Be agile. Um, the the old mindset of structure um, just doesn't work. You have to be prepared to be different tomorrow, and creating the learning organizations that can do that. You know, a great example of that um, is um, what it, what Amazon is up to right now, and because of the way that their physical operations are shifting, they have to retrain half of their hourly staff because they're no longer required. Um, the business, and, and they're not that old, um, their business is not that old, and they've got a, a totally different business model now, and they have laid in place the ability to adapt that, and they're just finding a way to roll with it. Um, and the, the value in the future is in the ability to integrate knowledge, not knowing how to do something. If you know how to do something and that's where you emphasize uh, your skill set in the supply chain, I am the best at Southeast Asia, then sooner or later you will be obsolete. Once upon a time, the Model T was state of the art. If you marry the Model T, you will put yourself out of business. Great. Uh, good advice for our listeners. Thank you, Steve, for joining us today. Um, and um, for those of you who are, are listening uh, and want to get connected with Steve um, and Supply Chain Visions, uh, please contact Rain for an introduction. Thanks Thank very you very much. much.